You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there. Hope everyone is hanging in there okay. The theme song, of course, a salute to all those uh, on the front lines dealing with the situation at hand that we deal with every day. We salute you, of course, and uh, this is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Man, actually a whole bunch on the rundown today. Big stuff. Hopefully good stuff. So let's get right into it, shall we? Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. can also be found on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The daily poll question will be up uh, momentarily. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But let's start with the headlines, and that'll be the uh, focus of the poll question today. And they are some pretty big headlines. First up, Major League Baseball expects to offer a return-to-play proposal to the Players Association within the next week as teams have begun to encourage players to prepare for spring training, second round of spring training, of course, that could begin sometime in around mid-June and a season that could start in early July. That according to sources familiar with the discussions which told that to ESPN. Our Jeff Passan reports that uh, GMs and managers from around uh, 12 teams have reached out to players to suggest they start to get ready, ramp up baseball activities. Again, according to Passan, some teams have suggested that players prepare for spring training that could begin as early as June 10th and a season that could start at July 1st. Now, if those dates sound familiar, it's because those are the dates that were uh, tweeted out by Trevor Plute, the former uh, major leaguer, back, I think it was Monday that he did that. Other teams have uh, said that uh, the dates being discussed or the parameters being discussed are a little bit more general, uh, not necessarily hard dates like June 10th and July 1st. And uh, the complications that hard dates, they understand that the, un- the complications that hard dates can cause and wanting instead to nudge the players towards getting into game shape. So certainly good news there. Jeff Passan on SportsCenter last night talking about maybe some optimism for a change regarding sports in our current climate. We're on the path to some good news, potentially. Now, this being the time it is, of course, everything comes with the caveat. But there are teams right now, the Cleveland Indians yesterday, among them, that have been telling players, get ready. Now, it's not get ready with a specific date in mind. You know, June 10th has been mentioned for the beginning of spring training. That's probably the earliest. July 1st has been mentioned as a day for opening day, potentially. That's probably the earliest it could happen. But the expectation, L, around baseball right now is that Major League Baseball is going to be coming to the Players Association with a plan in the coming days to a week plus or so. And during that time, we're going to get a much better sense of when baseball could actually restart in the United States. All right, so it seems like the idea of holding games in like a bubble city like Arizona, which was floated out there, or Arizona and Florida, or a few locations, that seems to be out at the time right now. There there seems to be, at least according to pass, a momentum towards the league trying to play games in home stadiums, which would apparently be more... Uh, favorable to the players. And that is going to be an aspect of this, working out a deal 
between the owners and players before really we get too far down the road. So we brought this up on, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday. There was that uh, statement from Keith Law shooting down, uh, you know, it's not a proposal. It looks like that uh, what Trevor Plouffe was hearing is, is not just that he's hearing it. Other people are hearing it as well within the game. So while it might not be a hard proposal at this moment, as I said at the time, it's if you're going to have a season, this is what it's going to kind of have to look like, right? Like when the rubber hits the road, you're going to have to get something in place here sooner rather than later. Now, I know it seems like baseball would have only just begun, right? Like we're in May right now, so the, the season would just start to be heating up as the weather, hopefully at some point here, starts to heat up. You got plenty of time. But if you're going to start to get things in place, if you are going to have a season, you're going to have to start doing this soon. And you're start, it's all well and good to have these proposals floated out there as a way of giving people some light at the end of the tunnel. But it's going to have to be more than just talking. It's going to have to be things that are actually worked out between the players and owners and all the other logistics that are going to have to be approved on before you can even think about this. And I don't think that you can start playing games in August. July seems like, to me, if you're going to have a season, if you're not just going to have something that is just games just for the sake of games, if you're going to have a season which is decided by a World Series and a uh, full playoffs or something along, you know, something that resembles a baseball season, it would seem like July would be the point of no return. Now, I'm not saying necessarily July 1st, and I'm not even saying that you have to have a target at this point, but you have to have a range at this point. And I think somewhere in July is where it has to be. So that certainly is good news there, that baseball is moving closer to at least giving a proposal to the players and then all the work that has to be done between the players and the owners to actually agree on it, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But Major League Baseball is not alone. Story yesterday from um, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. The NFL has laid out protocols for the gradual reopening of team facilities. Now, the NFL is in a little bit better position because at the time their schedule actually opens up, so it's not as pressing as it is in Major League Baseball or as pressing as the NBA would be. But that process would begin with select staff member, members and eventually expand to include players. That according to a memo from Roger Goodell that was sent out to all the teams. Now, of course, you might know the NFL facilities have been closed since March. And according to the memo, the NFL wants to put the first stage of this plan in place by May 15th. In addition to that, Goodell told teams they can expect to be advised when their facilities can reopen. The memo made no mention, remember it had been talked about previously, that the NFL policy would be that no facilities would open until all the facilities could open. That doesn't seem to be part of this memo. Don't know if that's because they've removed that as a stipulation. Don't know if it just was was left out. But the report goes on to say that the league is working with the NFL Players Association um, to finalize a second phase that would allow players to return. It's not yet clear whether they would be allowed, when they would be allowed, 
to uh, practice on the field. Of course, that seems, I mean, talk about a list of things. It's pretty long. That one seems like it would be pretty far down on the list in, in this day and age of, of social distancing. Then there's the NBA. Ramona Shelburne reports that Adam Silver and the Players Association's Executive Director Michelle Roberts will host a conference call for players on Friday, so tomorrow. That's the same day the league has permitted teams to reopen practice facilities for voluntary socially distanced workouts in areas that have been permitted by local public health officials. Now, as things stand right now, according to the story, only three teams plan to open up their facilities on Friday. Portland. Cleveland and Denver. The Rockets had uh, planned to, but uh, after talking with the state officials in Texas, they have decided not to. Of course, the other side of this is not everyone is uh, rushing to return. Mavericks owner Mark Cuban said the fact that teams don't have the ability to test asymptomatic players makes it kind of a non-starter at this point. He was speaking with the uh, Athletics 77 Minutes in Heaven podcast, he said, quote, even though we can try and take all different kinds of precautions, it's just not worth it, particularly when our guys are staying in shape and they're going outside and shooting on outdoor hoops and working in various ways. It's just not worth the cost. So while all three leagues are different, they're working on different timelines. The NBA's timeline, you would think, is pretty critical right now in terms of trying to get back and and resolve their season. Major League Baseball's timeline, not that it's as pressing as the NBA's, but it's starting to get there, right? Like if you want to have a season in July, you're going to have to put something in place by, you would think, mid-June in terms of restarting spring trainings, and can you do that in this current environment? And then, of course, you have the NFL, which is kind of sitting pretty, if anybody can be sitting pretty because their schedule doesn't open until the fall. But at least Major League Baseball, I think that's the real headline, trying to put this plan in place. And the NFL and the NBA trying to you know, find something that they can have a little light at the end of the tunnel. But coming up, I gave you the positive aspects of the baseball plan, right? Spring training, opening day. Anytime you can just use those words, it feels good. And at this point, we need something to make us feel good. Well, coming up, I'll give you the other side, the curb your enthusiasm, the Larry David side of things, because it's not all uh, wine and roses, because like anything else, as soon as it's all well and good to say this thing or that thing, or we got to do this or we got to do that. It's when you actually look at what the logistics would be, what the actual things you need to do before you can open up training facilities, before you can restart spring training, before you can think about having games again, it's a pretty long list. And all of a sudden, whatever optimism you may have, uh, it uh, it gets diluted pretty quickly. So we'll get into that coming up. And this will tie into our poll question because I think we all kind of have, and I know I do, I have these swings, these emotional swings uh, for going from feeling optimistic. I think I said last week, you know, my, my outlook generally has been to hope for the best hope that there's going to be a baseball season, but in the back of my mind, uh, have the realization of expecting, or at least the expectation of, of, of the worst. And I think that that is, is normal at this point. You, you kind of, sometimes it's, 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 you know, the needle is pinning in one direction. Well, maybe not pinning, but at least more favorable in one direction than the other. 
And sometimes this happens on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes it happens on an hourly basis. And it goes back and forth. So after hearing the latest news here about Major League Baseball putting this plan in place, the NFL looking to put things in place, the NBA trying to get things moving, at this point, in the sports context, which one are you feeling more? Not saying it's going to be you know a blowout either way. But is it, are you hoping for the best or are you expecting the worst? And I get it, it might only be 51-49. I get that at times of the day you feel both of them. That'll be our poll question. It'll be up momentarily on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Our daily poll question up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it is after we uh, kind of gave you the headlines there in that opening segment about uh, Major League Baseball looking to put a, a plan, I guess, on paper even though it may not be technically paper, but put a plan in place to go to the players with when it comes to returning to spring training, getting a season on the schedule, given the environment. We gave you the details about the NFL, the NBA. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, given the latest developments with the three big sports leagues, what better describes your outlook for sports return? Is it A, hoping for the best, or B, expecting the worst. Hopefully, I will say this. I will. I would have to think that today's poll question will be a whole lot closer than yesterday's poll question. I have not seen so far any of the uh, Dark Knight crybabies complaining about their movie not making it to the final. Considering in the hypothetical matchup that we put up yesterday, uh, the Dark Knight got absolutely trounced. Trounced by Goodfellas. Our rewatchable movie bracket champion. So, uh, but you can vote on today's poll question. Yesterday's is already gone. We can't do that anymore. That's out of the box. But you can vote on today's poll question, which is up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. And of course, we take you up till six o'clock at which time it is Golik and Wingo. And Golik and Wingo today will have Buster only on today. So at some point, they don't have a time set here on the email that I got. But I'm sure he will have uh, much more details on Major League Baseball's plan, as well as some of the, clearly, obstacles that will uh, be in place. Before we get to those, today is Thursday. So you know, if you're a sports fan, today's the day that the NFL is going to release all the schedules, right? They do that tonight. I think it's at 8 o'clock, is it? I think so. And I remember saying, it was right around this time yesterday, I said... By Friday at the latest, we will have Jet fans complaining about how unfair unfair their schedule is. How do I know this? Because it's an annual tradition. It's like, uh, what is it, the the swallows returning to Capistrano? What's the birds that fly to Capistrano every season? Whatever it is, it's an annual tradition. Every year, the schedule comes out. And every single year, I have had to hear Jet fans complain, oh, this is our, oh, this schedule, oh, this schedule. It happened last year. Now, last year, most of the complaints were, well, the hard games are at this point, and then it gets easier afterwards. It was not a difficult schedule last year. It was an NFL schedule. Every team and every team's fan base looks at their schedule and feels like, hey, you know what? We have a really tough schedule this year. And the problem is, is that Jet fans, the insinuation is that, that like, if only the Jets could get a fair schedule, 
they would not be in the position that they're in. That's what's holding them back. So I figured, you know, by Friday, the schedule gets released on Thursday night, even though you know the opponents. The opponents are, are figured out by the where you finished the year before. So you know who the opponents are going to be, and you know that it kind of rotates every year. So this year the Jets are going to get the AFC East, is going to get the AFC West and the NFC West. But I figured, well, it'll take until Friday. I was wrong. That part of my prediction I got wrong because I woke up today. I look at the New York Post online, and Brian Costello, the beat writer for the, of the Jets uh, for the New York Post, the headline is, Jets schedule absolutely brutal. That's the headline. <laughs> not not any more in-depth than that. Jets schedule absolutely brutal. That's the headline. So then I log on. To, that was the headline in the little sidebar, right? Like you, you see the links on the, the side. Jets schedule absolutely brutal. Then I log on to the story. It gives you a little bit more detail in the headline there. The headline there is brutal Jets schedule will make for uphill playoff battle. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I knew that they played the NFC West. I wasn't sure that they played the AFC West this uh, upcoming year. But I remember thinking, because I looked at the Dolphins' schedule, I knew they played, um, I'm pretty sure they played the Cardinals, and I'm pretty sure they played the Niners. So, you know, you have to assume the Jets are going to play roughly the same teams. Here are the Jets' opponents. We don't know the schedule until tonight. But the opponents, obviously, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, home and away. The rest of the opponents, home, we know that much. And we know the opponents on the road. We just don't know the dates. Here are the home opponents. Broncos, Raiders, Cardinals, Niners, Browns. Okay. Is is that some sort of murderer's row of NFL teams? The Broncos, the Raiders, the Raiders you beat last year. The Cardinals, the 49ers, okay, 49ers coming off a Super Bowl appearance, fair. And the Browns, the away opponents. Now, the away opponents, it's, it's, it's tougher because you're on the road. The Chiefs, Super Bowl champion Chiefs, okay, fair, very, very difficult. That's a tough game. You would, if you were doing the, the win-loss, win-loss, win-loss game like the K show does, you would say that's probably a loss. The rest of the opponents, the Chargers, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Colts. How am I wrong here? Is that some sort of, oh my God, that schedule. The Rams look like they might be in for a bit of a downturn. Seahawks, all right, playing in Seattle is difficult. The Chiefs are difficult. But the Chargers, Rams, and Colts. That's not, I'm sorry, that is not some sort of brutal schedule, even based on what we know now. And the worst thing you can ever look at is a schedule and base it on the previous year. You're basing it on the previous year's stats. The teams are going to be different, right? It's always that way. And there's always examples every single year of teams that you think that got all this tough schedule. And then by the time you put injuries, just the, the up and down nature of the NFL, something's always different. It's almost like Jet fans will look at it, oh, it has other NFL teams on the schedule. Oh, tough break there. Ooh, that's going to be, that's going to be brutal. You're going to have to play other NFL teams. Really, the obstacle for the Jets 
it, the headline should not be brutal Jets schedule make for an uphill playoff battle. It should be brutal Jets. That's the main issue. It's, it's, is that the team is not very good. Now you're hoping it's going to be better than it was last year. And I know Damian Woody has brought up that they could actually play better and not do as well record wise. All right, fine. But I, I'm sorry. Is that schedule some schedule? Oh my God. How could you ever win? Now look, I don't expect the Jets to win 10 games because I don't look at them as a 10 win team, but that schedule itself, especially considering the AFC East, you would think if you're ever going to have a real matchup against the Patriots, you might be able to win. It doesn't look like the Patriots are going to be nearly as good as they've been. Now, maybe the Bills are better. I don't know. But you're competing against those teams in your division who will be facing similar teams. I don't have the Dolphins, Patriots, and Bills schedules on me, but they're, you know, they're, they're playing the same, they're the same divisions. It's not that tough of a schedule. But I'm sure Friday that that will be the take. Uh, the takeaway is it's already that's the takeaway. Hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We take you up until 6 o'clock, at which time it is Golick and Wingo that come your way. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, given the latest developments with uh, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA, what better describes your outlook for sports, either hoping for the best or expecting the worst? Well, maybe expecting or hoping for the best after the opening segment, you might feel that way, right? Because we laid out, look, baseball, the expectation, Jeff Passan has said before, that the expectation is there will be baseball this year. So that's awesome. But there are obstacles. What are those obstacles? Well, the owners have pushed the uh, league to ask players to take a pay cut because the revenues are going to be far lower, no fans are going to be allowed in stadiums, right? Whenever it does return, it's pretty clear it will be without any fans. So Jeff Passan on SportsCenter said that baseball needs more than just the approval of the Players Association. But the Players Association is pretty important, but they need even more than that. In order for baseball to come back, it also needs the backing of the federal government all the way up to the White House, as well as the backing of health experts and officials whose gravitas and authority is going to really lend credence to this plan. Because we have to understand the environment in which baseball would be coming back. The coronavirus is still here, and we still have no idea where it's going. Okay, so that's one part of it. Uh, the other part, as I mentioned, was the owners and the players, if you had to say of any sport, getting an agreement between the two sides, baseball would probably be the toughest one, right? The owners and players there always seem to have the most difficult time making anything work. And you can see it kind of from both sides. The owners are going to be saying, look, we're going to be making way less money. There's not going to be anybody in the stands. But on the other side of things, the players are like, well, we already gave up money. Like they've already came to an agreement back when this first started about a pro, you know, the players are going to get paid less uh, and paid on a prorated schedule. So if they play a hundred games, they're not going to get paid what they would have on a full season. But the players have already given up ground once. I'm sure the players union is going to say, well, why do we have to continue to give up things on our side? 
Then there's also the other part of it is, according to Jeff Passan, multiple players have already asked, what if they opted to not play in 2020? Now, I don't know what percentage of players that is. Mark Teixeira was asked, I'm not sure if this was on SportsCenter or not, if the players, in large part, are going to be willing to come back and play. Here's uh, Mark Teixeira. This might be controversial. At young, healthy players that, that I've talked to, array to play. They are sensitive, though, to everybody around them. So if you could put a player in a vacuum where he's not going to be carrying this thing, because you know, we hear all the stories of, of so many different people are testing positive and they never had any symptoms. So players are sensitive to the fact that there is a 70-year-old team trainer or there is a you know, 75- or 80-year-old owner or, or GM or, or, or someone else that comes through the clubhouse they they want to be put you know away from anybody that could be vulnerable but the players themselves they want to get back to work they want to get paid these guys are a lot of these guys have have very short careers um you know that this it's a small window of opportunity to prove themselves in free agency or whatever it might be and and because they're young and healthy they feel comfortable going out and playing this game and if you called them tomorrow and said show up to spring training they'd all be on the next flight all right, so there's Mark Teixeira, and uh, I get that, right? Even in this uh, environment that it is right now, uh, the players themselves, you know, everybody responds to incentives, and there are huge incentives for Major League Baseball players to uh, respond to. Now, I'm not saying it would be all the players. Multiple players have reached out to the union, according to Passan. Uh, if they opted not to play, maybe they just want to have all the, 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 the details before you make a decision, right? Don't you want to have all the facts in place? That's smart. Uh, there was also uh, brought up that uh, one Indians player on a conference call asked, you know, what if we come back and a player tests positive? What's the, the course of action then? Scott Boris was on the K show earlier in the week. He made the point, and, and uh, he, he did this in a New York Times editorial, that baseball can get the country back on its feet. And I think that that is one of the reasons why baseball is so proactive right now trying to get back on the field they realize that they can be part of the healing process the problem that i have with this idea that baseball can get the country back on its feet is that the operation is not over yet i mean it's great to get the patient back on its feet when the operation is over and said patient is starting to heal but what you don't do is say to yourself Hey, you know what? Eh, we did whatever. Just saw him up. Let's get him back on his, you know, there, there's a recovery period. And unfortunately, I want baseball back as much as you do, but I don't know that it's feasible at this point. Now, hopefully it's, I keep thinking that, you know, things can be greatly different in just a couple of weeks. Things have not been greatly different in a couple of weeks. Things have improved slightly. But it's not like it's – it almost feels like, to me, people are simply bored of it now, of the topic, and they're just – a lot of them are just going about their lives as if the boredom that they're feeling somehow has a real impact on the on the dangers that they're facing. So with Major League Baseball, and I'm not sure if Boris brought this up, but other people have, and I, I'm, I'm sure maybe he wouldn't bring it up publicly, but the feeling is, you know, look – when it comes to coronavirus and deaths, it's mostly old people. It's people with pre-existing conditions. And I would say, look, largely that does seem to be true. 
But death is not the only outcome. It's still new. There's still a hundred unknowns. What if we learn down the road that this thing shortens life expectancy? You know, it's, it's all well and good. Well, nobody died. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they haven't been in danger. So I want baseball back. I'm hoping that they can come up with a plan and that the players union agrees to it and then health officials can approve it and we can all get back to our life as normal and baseball would be a great part of that. But if I had to answer the poll question, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and I kind of swing from day to day on this, I think right now I would be much more in line with the expecting the worst than the hoping for the best. He with his hit tonight, by only six hits in 37 lifetime events against Leader. That ball is gone. Whoa, what a shot. Where is it coming down? It hits the facing of the upper deck. And that is number 713. It's got to be one of the longest home runs this park has ever seen. Yeah, Barry Bond back in 2006, obviously. Home run number 713. John Miller, the call on ESPN. And it's funny. In 2006, Barry Bonds was 41 years old and was coming off the previous year where he didn't really play. He only played in 14 games the year before. And at the age of 41, he put up a slash line of 270, an on-base percentage of 454, and a slugging of 545. His OPS was basically 1,000. His OPS plus was 156. This at the age of 41. Anyone who tells me that Barry Bonds, on steroids, but Barry Bonds was not the best player they have ever seen is lying to my face. That was at the age of 41. That year, he led the league in walks again with 115 of them. And the following year had 132 at the age of 42. Played in 126 games, 28 homers, 66. I mean, he only hit 28 home runs because nobody would pitch to him. He he still (laughs) slugged over a thousand that year as well. I mean, it's crazy. He, uh, anybody who tells you that Barry Bonds on steroids, I'm not going to, you know, the other, the the pre steroids Bonds was excellent too. I think you would have an argument then at least of he might not be the best player of all time, but steroids Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds with four MVPs in a row, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds with OPSs of over 200 Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds walking 198 times a year. That Barry Bonds is the greatest bar- that is the greatest player we have all ever seen and ever will see unless somehow Major League Baseball comes up with robots. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, I've been blabbing a lot today. Let's get some phone calls in at 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, let's start out with uh, Andrew in Jersey. Andrew, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Gordon? So I'm good, man. Um, okay. I know the schedule is coming out tonight. I already know that who the Jets are playing, and I already see another 6-10, 7-9 season, you know, especially the fact that Jets literally have nobody at wide receiving. They're really not doing Donald any favors. And 
I know the schedule is brutal, so what do you think about games going forward if we have another 6-10, and 7-9 season? Well, I mean, look, I... I, I, I... I don't really feel all that great about whatever the season is uh, that Adam Gase is going to be gone. Like, as we are sitting here on May 7th, it certainly seems like, even though Joe Douglas is the GM, that Adam Gase is kind, it's kind of his organization. So even if they were to have another down year, uh, I think that most people within the organization, not most people, but most people within the organization, I mean ownership, certainly seems like they're on board with the Adam Gase vision. So, look, I, I, I mean, do you think the schedule is all that brutal? I mean, it I would not – I don't think that it would be shocking that much to me if the Jets put up another uh, – you know, if they put up a 9-7 and seven season this year and Darnold takes, you know, a big step forward, that's going to be the, the most important thing. If he can take a step forward this year and play the full season and play better, I don't think 9-7 and seven is out of the realm of possibility. I can't see it. I think they're going to split with the division, go three and three. Their road schedule is brutal. They got Kansas City at Seattle. I know they're home to Denver, San Fran. They're home too, but they they didn't do Donald any favors with these weapons. So you know, I mean, you're wasting almost another year with, with this quarterback, and you don't really know if he's the guy or not. Well, I mean, they think he's the guy, and Andrew, thank you for the call. I mean, they think he's the guy. Look to look on the positive side, and not that I'm always Mister Positive, but they made a bunch of moves to improve the offensive line. The offensive line, you would think, now I'm not going to tell you it's better by leaps and bounds, but you'd have to think it's going to be better. I get what you're saying about the weapons, but you'd have to think if the offensive line is better, then the running game with Livion Bell is going to be better. And you have to hope at this point that Darnold is healthy for an entire season. No foot injuries, no injuries no ailments right like last year with the mono was certainly a strange thing so hopefully he's able to play a full skate a full season for a change but again it's true all right you have to play the chiefs that is a very tough challenge especially in kansas city and the seahawks you would think at this point in time they're probably going to be a, a pretty good team but the rest of the schedule outside of the division which is going to be not as tough as it's been in the past the Broncos, Raiders, Cardinals, Niners, and Browns at home. I get that the Niners would jump out to you right now as a team. That's going to be a tough. Okay, but you get them at home. And generally teams that lose the Super Bowl the previous year, they kind of take a step back the following year. So it would not be really all that surprising to me if the Niners are not as good as they were last year. And then on the road, okay, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, that's tough. But the Chargers is somehow some, oh my God, how are we going to ever beat the Chargers? The Rams? The Colts? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's an NFL schedule that has NFL teams on it. It's not, to me, any greater or weaker, really, than it's a, it's a typical NFL schedule. The real issue is not the, it's not about the teams you're playing. It's about the team you are. You have to be better than you have been, and hopefully in year two, the mono now not going to be in it. You know, last year kind of got blown up because the quarterback was out for the first few weeks, and then when he came back, he still wasn't very good. Uh, You you have to hope that that's not – you have to expect – even the Jets are not going to have that happen again. But, no, it's not not a brutal schedule. It's just an NFL schedule. It just is what it is. And I'm betting you that the Bills, the Patriots – they're probably going to play a pretty similar schedule to what you're playing. 
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Danny is on Long Island. Danny, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Dan. Gordon, always good to hear your voice on my short trip to work every morning. Thanks, man. Uh, my uh, my sporting uh, choices last night were uh, 69 Mets or a 2008 NBA championship. I opted for the uh, Mets. Okay. Game two of the World Series. Funny, I watched game one and two, and they were in black and white, and when they flipped over to Shea Stadium, they were in color, which is kind of odd. Uh, yeah, that is they, strange. They I didn't notice they, that. Yes, there was total black and white. At least this looks a little modern. Uh, umpires all thin, tremendous shape, and made every call right. And they were dangerously close to the action. It was incredible. You would think they were like the, uh, like the third man in on the play at second base. That's how close they were. And they got every call right. There wasn't anyone who looked like Country Joe West wobbling around the field. The oddest thing I've saw, and I've never seen it since, was that in game two, with the Mets leading two to one, bottom of the ninth, two out, Frank Robinson coming up. The Mets took their second baseman and played with four outfielders. Never heard it discussed. Never saw it since. I don't know. You know they want no double defense, like they said. I never, I, I, that was totally odd. The, uh, the pace of the game, of course, was tremendous because uh, it was a home run yesterday. And before the guy got in the dugout, the next batter was in the batter's box. There was no bat flip, of course. It was just a, I, I actually sat down with my 16-year-old son, who was a baseball player, and he actually enjoyed watching the game. The pace of the game was much more crisp. A beautiful strike zone, of course. But you know, it was you know, it was just baseball. I hadn't obviously we know the Mets won, but I didn't know the ins and outs. And when I look back at that series and you look at the starting pitching of Siva Kuzman, Nolan Ryan, Jim Palmer, McAnally, and this other guy. I mean, I don't I mean, you talk about the Mets had a bunch of people that couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. My son was bigger than five of the players that started for the Mets, and he's only right. 16 and a half years old. They look like high, they look like college ball players, but it was very entertaining. Kurt Cowdy and uh, you know, anything at this point to watch that other than like axe throwing and professional poker is uh, is is worthy. But hopefully, we get some real baseball on the field so we can discuss it. As far as the football schedule of the Jets, there is nothing uh, as a bigger waste of time for me or any NFL fan. I'm a Steel fan. Is to look at the schedule and go. Win, loss, win, loss. Because if, with the injury potential in football, and you don't know what, there's always a team that you exactly. think is going to be six and ten. That's going to be. It's just it's a complete uh, futile effort because that that's the week that Roethlisberger got hurt. Now now that now they think, but the Jets think you're you're right. The Jets complaining about their schedule. This is the easiest schedule they've ever had. And if the Buffalo quarterback who likes to play football and run around goes down, well, the New York Jets have the best quarterback in the division for the first time since 1969. Think about that. Well, yeah, that, I mean, look, you're, you're predicting an injury much. there, so that's certainly part of it. And thank you for the call, Danny. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the schedule, and if you told me that that was my team's schedule, I would look at it and say, okay. And you know what? You know who it is that complains generally about the schedule? And I know this because I'm I'm one of them a lot of the times, or at least had been in the past. Fans of teams that are terrible. <laughs> when when you're looking at the schedule and you're trying to convince yourself in way, well, you know, maybe they could win that. Well, if that game's late in the season, maybe that team will be decimated by injury. You're doing that because you know your team's not any good. And I know my team's not any good, so I don't really need to know the schedule. It could be anybody. If it if it's a schedule made up of other NFL teams, my team is probably going to struggle. The one thing that I did want to touch on that Danny had brought up, and he, he had a lot of good points, was uh, about you see the pace of play. He was talking about 69. But you look at it when you watch older games. If Major League Baseball, and there's been this 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 talk. I didn't get to talk about it yesterday because we just ran out of time. But with the KBO 
and the bat flips. People have been, you know, Major League Baseball needs more of that. Look, if you want to do that, that's fine. That's not going to get young fans to watch the game. Young fans are not going to go, oh, wait a second, they're flipping bats now? Oh, my God, this is the best. It's all about the pace of play. The problem that Major League Baseball has, one of them is fixable and part of it is not. It's it's a slower-paced game, and it's not going to have the the head-to-head combat of football. So that's part of it, and there's not really much they can do about that. But the pace of play, the fact that things feel like they take forever to take place, that has not always been the case. And if Major League Baseball wants to institute any rule for the health of the game to get more young fans interested, it would be to get guys in the box, stay in the box, throw the ball, pitch the ball, next batter, let's move it along. These games that are over three hours, never mind the fact that a lot of times, for really young kids, they start at a time where kids are already in bed. But the pace of play, that is the biggest issue surrounding Major League Baseball, and it's not the one. They focus on all these other things that are not nearly as important. You know, it's all well and good when this thing started about, well, you know, we'll watch old games. It just doesn't have, like, sometimes it does. If, if you're, if it hits you in the right way, it can. But to sit down every single night and to be watching old games, I gotta be honest with you, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me that way. It doesn't hit me that way. Alright, so we've been talking, you know, with the, the conclusion of the uh, rewatchable movie bracket about uh, Goodfellas, right? Goodfellas was uh, the, the champion and uh, rightfully so. Well, an NFL player has actually uh, kind of been uh, living uh, like Henry Hill. Uh, it's Earl Thomas. Did you see the story? Scary story. Uh, was reportedly held at gunpoint by his wife after she caught him cheating with another woman. TMZ reporting the incident happened on uh, April 13th. So uh, Thomas's wife claims he had left the couple's home earlier in the day after fighting with her husband over his drinking. His brother, Seth, picked him up. According to the story, a short time later, she decided to check his whereabouts by logging into his Snapchat account. That's when he, she says, she found a video of Earl with another woman. Nina says she used Earl's Snapchat account to track his location to a nearby Airbnb rental home. She says she called up two other women uh, to help confront Earl at uh, the pad. Nina claims she grabbed Earl's pistol in the process with the intention to scare him. When the women arrived at the house, they discovered Earl and Seth naked in bed with the other women. That's when Nina admits she pulled out the gun, put it to Earl's head, stating that she took out the magazine, thinking that the gun would not fire, unaware that the gun had a round in the chamber. So obviously a uh, very serious situation there, a very scary, not a laughing matter at all. Um, I guess the only thing I would say, not to uh, point light at it in any way, I mean, very serious, but... I gotta feel like if your 31 year old husband has a Snapchat account, I think you already know that, that, that you know, like you don't need the proof at that point, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's wrong of me to say. I'm not saying it's, it's a hundred percent, but I think it's higher on average that there's a good chance that he might be, uh, cheating on you. But scary story there, especially since it's pretty clear that his wife doesn't know that much about guns and she's waving a gun around. So luckily everybody, uh, came out of the situation okay and, now there's going to be a legal aspect of it. But, of course, um, we've been talking a lot today about the sports side of things, not the off the field, but maybe getting back on the field. We touched on Jeff Passon's story about um, Major League Baseball in the next week 
to maybe 10 days putting a plan in place to get players back into a mode of when spring training could start, when the season could start, and there's a lot of obstacles with that, right? Getting the players to agree to another plan, all those type of things, which I think can probably be worked out. The problem is, is just the situation at hand, which is out of everybody's control right now. So our poll question, which is up for today, is given the latest developments with the Major League Baseball, the NFL, and NBA, what better describes your outlook for sports return? Is it A, hoping for the best and that you're actually slightly maybe optimistic, or is it B, expecting the worst? And I think the poll is actually indicative of how my feelings go. Started out... Hoping for the best. It's now slightly leaning, expecting for the worst. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. We're already out. We're already done. The show is already a flies by every single day, the fastest hour in the, the, the history of the world. We'll be back tomorrow, starting at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.